no longer a slave. I love that line where it said, he split the sea so I could walk right through it. Amen. God's got a way of not taking you around your problem, but taking you right through your problem. Aren't you glad for that kind of God today? Amen. Everybody say, here comes the pulpit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So today, uh, we start back with our series on who is that God. Would you say that with me one time? Who is that God? <clears throat> you know, it, it struck me that a lot of times people go to church and they don't know who he is. Uh, you can know about someone and not know them. I know who President Washington was. I just didn't have a personal relationship with him. And unfortunately, that's the way it happens a lot with God. And I think about how we rob ourselves of what we could have if we took time to discover who he is. Everybody say, I want to know who he is. So this week, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching. I may get a little excited. <laughs> I'm not promising anything. I'm, I, I, I want you to get this. I, I just want you to get this. In Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 8, let me read this for you. It says, I am the Lord. Everybody say the Lord. If I replace that word Lord with its Hebrew Derivative is, I am Jehovah. That is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. So today, we're going to talk about who that God is, and we're going to look at the name Jehovah. Actually, I'm going to take you on a journey today. Abraham is known as who? The father of faith. So what's unique is what I want you to get is this, is that up until the point that Abraham enters the picture, God has dealt with the world as, as, as one conglomerate, okay? He's, he's, he is, he's dealt with the world. There's been a flood. All this stuff has happened. But now, in the midst of all the world, God decides to choose out a people. How many of you have ever played ball before and had to, you know, line up to be picked. Wave your hand if you've ever done that. If you've never done it, wave your hand. We're going to put together a game right after church today. <laughs> so, do you know what it's like? You know, the, the people that get picked first have never wrestled with self-esteem problems. But if, you're, if, if you were one of the last to be picked, and if you're, if you're standing behind the backstop and you're going, oh, come on, man, pick me before you pick that girl. Amen. And so, what, but what God does is God, there, there's no introduction about why God chooses Abraham. All of a sudden, God, just in the 12th chapter of Genesis, God selects him. He picks him out. And what I want you to get is this, is that Abraham becomes known to us as the father of faith, that, that, that he is, that, that we're engrafted, even those of us that are not Jews have been engrafted into that tree and have become adopted where we're able to cry out, Abba, Father. But what I want you to get is this, is that Abraham had served the gods of his father. 
So now God's going to introduce himself to Abraham. And what you're going to see in Abraham's journey, God begins to reveal his character to Abraham in ways that Abraham is going to know how to, or is going to need to know him in a special way. It's kind of like if you, uh, you know, you, you grow up and you, you, your father served in the military and it's all kept secret. You, you never hear anything about it until one day he sits down and he starts talking about he was in special forces and, and he did all this stuff and all of a sudden you start looking at him and going, wow, dad, I, I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you were in that battle. I didn't know you did that. My, my son started doing research on my father and found out stuff about my dad and his military service that I didn't even know. And I said, how'd you find that out? He said, I started Googling it. Everybody say, thank God for Google, but not right now. <laughs> and so what happens is in, if you, if you go with me to chapter 12 and verse 1, in Isaiah 42, he says, I am Jehovah. The name Jehovah means self-existent, eternal one. In other words, he doesn't, nobody made God. Amen. He's the unmade maker. Somebody said, well, who made God? I got the answer to that. Nobody. <laughs> well, then how, 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 how can you be sure? Well, who made you? God did. The Bible said that, that we are the sheep of his pastor. You say, well, my mom and dad got together, you know, and made me. No, what your mom and dad did is got together and had a relationship. You are a byproduct of what God created that happens between a man and a woman. You, you got nothing to do with that. You understand what I'm talking about? God made man. Now, in... So he's the eternal one, the self-existent Jehovah. This is how God introduces himself to Abraham. Look, look at it in Genesis chapter 12. He says, now the Lord, or now Jehovah, had said to Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Here God calls Abraham to separate himself from everything he's known to separate himself from the gods of his father. I'm going to tell you right now, when you make a decision to serve Christ, you're going to end up finding yourself separating from some old relationships. Amen. How many of you know everybody doesn't want to go to heaven? What do you mean they don't? I, I've talked to some people that said they're not interested. I've talked to folks that were atheists. They didn't want to go to heaven. Found out they didn't want to go to hell either. <laughs> I was talking to him and, 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 and I was talking to him and he was talking about the Bible being a book of myths and all that. And I said, look, I'm not going to argue with you. I said, here's the bottom line. One day you're going to die and I'm going to die. I said, when that happens, we'll find out who was right and who was wrong. Now you have a good day. Amen. And I went to turn to walk away. And when I did that, he said, wait a minute. I turned around, I looked at him, and he said, you're saying I'm going to hell. I smiled real big. I said, I didn't say that, you did. Amen. Do you understand that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun? 
Everybody's hoping for the middle part. Well, I ain't been all that bad, but I ain't been all that good either. So I'm just trying to land somewhere in between. There's no in between, folks. So he introduces himself as the self-existent one, the eternal one. And he instructs Abraham what to do. And now here's what happens. He tells Abraham, he said, if you'll follow these instructions, this is what I'm getting ready to do in your life. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Amen. Well, don't anybody get excited. I mean, I want you to think about that, what that would have meant to you if God spoke that to you. And I'm just going to tell you, there was a time in our lives that my wife and I went to God. And I said, we started praying something specific. We started praying, God, bless us to be a blessing. I don't want stuff for the sake of stuff. I want to be blessed so I can bless others. There's something, no wonder the scripture said that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive because there's something that happens in your heart when all of a sudden you see someone in a dilemma and God gives you the resources to be able to help them. Amen. 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 Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, I just want help. I get by with a little help from my Y'all didn't know I knew that, did you? Help to be able to help. But he said, look, I'm going to make you great. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, hey. <laughs> I'm great. You know, we, isn't it amazing that we struggle with God making us great, but we don't have any problem with believing the devil can make us a loser. We don't have any problem with believing that the devil can make us a bum or an alcoholic or a drug addict or, or tear our life apart. I'm telling you that we serve a God that's self-existent, that he has no beginning, he has no ending. And his word to our father of faith is, I want to make you great. I want to do something for you that you can't do for yourself. I want to reach into your life and begin to mold you and make you and shape you. What would you say? Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. So Abraham starts this journey. Now I want you to th remember what, what happens here because he told him, he said, to separate himself from his father's house. In other words, he's saying you can't take your past into your future. Amen. Look, God never intended for divorce to happen, but we know it happens. Amen. And when I, when I counsel people getting ready to be remarried that have been divorced, the first thing, one of the things I tell them is you cannot take your past into your future. You can't start looking at your husband or your, your, your wife, your future wife, and start comparing her to who you had before. And so God says, don't, don't take your past into your future. He said, leave, leave your kindred, leave your father's house. What's Abraham do? He takes his nephew with him. Everybody say Lot. 
I mean, I used to preach a message that said, if you're going to get your promise, there's a lot you're going to have to leave behind. Because you can't, you can't, and, and look, it bears out. They, they get into, the, their herdsmen are having trouble. How many of you have ever been to a family reunion? Wave your hand. Thank God for family reunions. Thank God they last one day. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm so anxious to see everybody. Oh, it's so good to see you, Aunt Matilda. So good to see you go. We, you know, we, we gather. Look, let's just be honest with each other. There's some family members you can't hardly stand. <laughs> they all heard you all over the world. We're broadcasting right now. So every family member heard you shout amen, George. They know. <laughs> what I'm saying is this. Is that, you know, there, there, are, there are some people that we get along with real good. And there are others that we don't get along with as well. And that's okay. Everybody can't be like you. <laughs> so what happens is this. Abraham doesn't listen to God. He takes Lot with him for whatever reason. Lot may have said, can I go, Unc? I, I want to I go. I, but the, the underlying note in this is he ends up having to leave Lot behind. Their herdsmen get into it with each other, and Abraham says, look, man, I just want some peace in my life. So you, you choose wherever you want to go. If you want to go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you want to go north, I'll go south. But we can't keep having this. And so what happens is Abraham, or Lot chooses what? He chose Sodom, and he gets himself in a mess. Let me tell you, the grass that looks greener on the other side of the fence it's probably got a break in the pipe somewhere. Amen. Sodom's in a mess. Sodom's got everything going on. It's kind of like New York. Said, you know, I love the flashing lights. You always sing, my kind of town. Amen. Chicago is. How many of you like going downtown Chicago in the middle of the night with no car? <laughs> My kind of town, Murfreesboro. Because <laughs> I, there, there, what I'm telling you are there, there were parts, Chicago's bright and flashy and great and it's got great things. New York's got Broadway and there are great things in those places, but there's also some stuff that can suck you up and spit you out. Amen. And I got news for you. There's some stuff that can suck you up and spit you right out here in this town as well. Amen. So you've got to choose wisely. And so he chose Sodom and then all of a sudden the kings of Sodom revolt against these kings and Abraham gets word not only has Sodom come under attack, but his nephew has been kidnapped. Everybody say kidnapped. Now you can mess with a lot of stuff, but don't mess with my family. And so Abraham gathers his, his, his folks up and he goes out to rescue them. And he, when he goes out and he, listen, man, him and his 300 some men, three, I think it's 315 men, defeat all those kings. And he rescues his nephew. But then at the end of this battle, two people 
come to see him. And the two people that come and see him are very significant because they are both a type and shadow of someone to come or of someone that is. He has Melchizedek come and see him. Melchizedek's name is broken into two words, which actually means the king of righteousness and the king of peace. It says that he has no mother or father, that he's without days. So he is a representation of God or Christ to come. The, the, the scripture says concerning Jesus that you're a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And he blesses Abraham. What's he do? He blesses him with bread and wine. What did God do to Abraham in chapter 12? He blessed him. He said, I'm going to bless you. This is going to follow you. He shows up right after this battle and he blesses Abraham. But then someone else comes along. And it's the king of Sodom. And if Melchizedek represents Christ, who do you think the king of Sodom represents? Satan. Everybody say Satan. Now, this is important because people miss this. Listen to what the king of Sodom says. The king of Sodom goes to Abraham and he says, give me the people and you can keep the stuff. He said, you, you give me the people and you can have everything else. What did the devil do to Jesus when he tempted him in the wilderness? He took him up to a high pinnacle. He showed him the kingdoms of the earth. And he said, all these I'll give to you if you'll bow down and worship me. What's he saying? I'll give you my stuff if you'll give me your relationship." So here, Abraham hears the king of Sodom say, I'll give you the stuff, just give me the relationship, give me the people. And listen to how Abraham responds. And Abraham said to the king of Sodom, I have lift up mine hand unto Jehovah, the self-existent eternal one. He said, I have lifted up my hand to Jehovah El Elyon. I have lifted up my hand to the most, the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. El Elyon means most high God. So what's he saying? He's saying, I've lifted up my hand to the self-existent, eternal, most high God of heaven and earth, and I made him this promise. I'm not going to take one shoelace from you. I'm not taking anything from you that you could turn around and try and lay claim to me and say that you made me rich. You've got to make up your mind that you're going to let God's blessing overtake you, that you're going to follow after him and not try and find it any other way. So here, Abraham meets God as El Elyon, the most high God. Everybody say, the most high God. He's greater than any force of darkness in the world. There is none above him. He is God most high. Now, right after this happens, now I'm getting into the 15th chapter. Right after this happens, listen to this verse because this is unique to me. In verse 1, chapter 15, verse 1, it said, After these things, 
the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram. Everybody say, don't be afraid. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, I'm just going to tell you, God would not say, don't be afraid if Abraham wasn't afraid. The question is, is why is he afraid? It's because of what he just went through. It's, he won a battle and there he has Melchizedek blessing him and the king of Sodom after his relationships. And he knows that the promise of God is hinged on relationship. He said, I'm going to give you a son. And now he's fearful because he knows that the devil wants that relationship. And so listen to Abraham's response to God. This is in verse 2. And Abraham said, Adonai. Adonai means my Lord, my master, my sovereign ruler. It conveys ownership. What's he saying? He's saying, Abraham said, Adonai, what will thou give me seeing I go childless and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. He's saying, I'm empty here. He's looking at him and he's saying, you're my master. You're my Lord. You own me. The devil can't have this relationship. He acknowledges him as Adonai. You can't have this relationship, but he's telling him, but I'm empty. I've got no, I've got no inheritance or no, no one to inherit. There is no child. Listen to how God responds to him. The Lord told him, your servant will not be your heir, but one will come from your own body shall be your heir. And he took him outside and he said, now you look up and you tell me if you can count the stars that are in heaven, because that's how I'm going to multiply your seed. Friends, you've got no idea how much God desires to bless your life, but the only way he can do it is for us to enter into that relationship where he's owner. Lord, Master. Look, man, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You've heard me say it before. If going to church makes you a Christian, when you walk in a garage, you're a car. It's relationship. Don't anybody raise your hand on this, but did you have a shotgun wedding? You know, a shotgun's wedding is where you have to get married. It's when Pa is sitting there with Mr. Winchester and saying, say I do, boy, or you'll never say anything else in your life. That's not relationship. God gave us a choice. He said, I'm not going to force you to love me, but I'm going to communicate to you that I love you more than anything else in this world, that you are the apple of my eye, that you are my prized possession and my treasure, will it cause you to say, Adonai, my Lord, my master, my sovereign ruler, you own me. You know, the only way God can own you is for you to give him ownership. So I give him the title deed to my life. I don't want, I don't want my own life in my hands. I don't know how to navigate it. I I give it to him. I, I release it to him, my Adonai. 
And he promises him that he's going to bring this to pass in his life. Now time rocks on and Abraham isn't getting any younger. As a matter of fact, and, and Abraham, you know, everything goes on. Later, God will reveal himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh, my provider. We talked about that last week. And in that moment, Abraham demonstrates to God that there's nothing more important in his life than God is. Now, I want you to hear me for a second, and I want you to get a hold of this. Sometimes we pray for our children to be saved, but then every time God starts messing with them, we interfere. He gets them in a headlock waiting for them to cry Jesus, and we come along and get them out of the headlock. He gets them to a place where they have to look up, but instead of seeing him, they see you coming with some more cash to bail them out. Coming to, now don't misunderstand, because I love my kids. I love my kids so much, I want to make sure they make heaven their home. Amen. How about you? Amen. And so time rocks on, and you know what happens. Sarah comes up with this idea about Hagar, and Abraham buys into it. Well, if it's really what you want, Hagar, come on. I mean, stop and think about it, you know. And, and it, it creates a mess, man. It, it, and, and now Abraham's 99 years old. And this is what, this is what he's 99 and he's still got no kid. And God's telling him, look, you're going to have a kid. And, and this is what Abraham says to God. Abraham says, this is in the 17th chapter and 18th verse. And Abraham said to Elohim. Everybody say Elohim. The word Elohim means supreme God. Or, or if you will, the creator God, because this is the word that's used in Genesis 1 and 1. When God, when Elohim created the heavens and the earth, it's supreme. He looks at him, he said, Elohim, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. <laughs> I'm 99. I'm wore out, man. <laughs> Just, you know, come on, you, you, you created everything. Surely you can do this little thing for me. You know, you, you can admit that Ishmael might live before you. Sarah's rocking on 90, God. I mean, come on. You know, we, you know and, and so he's wrestling with God's ability to perform. And this is, what, this is what the one that created the heavens and the earth said to Abraham. No! How many of you have ever said that to your child? Wave your hand if you've ever said that to your child. Can I have the keys to the car? No. Dad, can I borrow some money? Well, no. It doesn't have to be mean, does it? I can, can I go out with my friends tonight? We're going to have a big party. Well, of course not. He just says no. But he doesn't end it there. Listen to what he tells him. It's found in 17 and 1. When God, or when Abraham was 90 years, not, when Abraham was 99 years old, Jehovah appeared to him and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be, thy, be thou perfect. This is what he said. He said, 
The self-existent one, he said, when Abraham was 99, the self-existent one and the eternal one appeared to him and said, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be thy perfect. What's he saying? Quit trying to figure all this stuff out. Quit trying to make it happen yourself. Just walk before me and find that perfect relationship that I've got for you. Just walk before me and love me. I am El Shaddai. What's he saying? I am Almighty God. There's nothing I can't do. There's no situation you're facing that I can't take care of. I, I am the Almighty God. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, he's Almighty. We use it in songs, but we're not honoring him. Almighty God. If you're almighty, then what can defeat you? Thank you. Nothing. How can you be sure? Because you're almighty. That means that there's nothing that can stop you, nothing that can defeat you. As a matter of fact, when you get in trouble, you need to learn how to dial. No, you're messing me up here. When, when you're in trouble, you dial what? Say it loud. 911. Go to Psalms 911, 91 and 1. Psalms 91 and 1. This is what you do when you're in trouble. You dial 911. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You need to hear what I'm saying. There's a God that's going before you. Let me borrow. Come up here. Where are you at, Anaya? Run up here. Don't. Now, step up front, down on the first step here. All right. Now, what's it mean to abide in the shadow? If, if you love him, listen to what it says. Don't go anyplace. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Have you got a secret place with God? I do. It's a place that I go to meet with him. It's a place where I pray. And that secret place changes locations. But it's always the same encounter. I find him there. That secret place where I shut everything else out and invite him in. That secret place of the most high. If you read it in Hebrew, that most high, it would read this way. He that dwelleth in the secret place of El Elyon, of the most high God. When you dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, you abide under the shadow of El Shaddai. So when you're walking, he's walking with you. When you're moving, he's moving you with you. Now, I know some of you are going to say, wait a minute, man. Hold it. Hold it. What's going on? God's got on a boot. Because that's what he's about to give the person that messes with you. Uh, God's going to give them the boot. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, El Shaddai, the almighty God. Would you stand with me today? We wrestle with things that we ought not wrestle with. He that dwelleth in the secret place. Let me say it to you this way. When you find an intimate relationship with God, 
an intimate relationship. You know, Debbie loves me. <laughs> you ought to, I'm excited about it. You ought to be. Tell them, tell them how much. Thank, thank you. Say it one more time. I don't think they believe you. Thank you. So what are you, what are you getting at? Look, I'm, I'm not, this is what I want you to understand. And I, I'm not, I know that's kind of cutesy, but you need to understand that when we go home, she loves me while we're here and she loves me when we go home. How come? Because I'm the same here as I am when I go home. The scripture said that he's God and he changes not. And he doesn't want us changing when it comes to our walk in our relationship with him, except to draw closer to him. Now, this is what I want you to get when, when you're hungry for an intimate relationship. So I purposely on, Debbie likes to go for walks with me. She, she walks every day, but she likes it when I walk with her because when she walks with me, she can go places that she can't go when she walks alone. When she walks with me, we go through the country, but she can't walk through the country alone because it's not safe for her. I hope you see what I'm bringing together here. When you've got an intimate relationship with God, you'll be able to go where you've never gone before because you're being protected by the shadow of the Almighty. She knows that if anybody attacks her, they're going to have to come through me first. And I'm going to tell you up front, you might as well get ready to kill me because I ain't going to stop coming after you until you do. And God loves us more than that. Oh, you got to be kidding. No, I can prove it. I can prove it. Look at Calvary's cross. He loved us so much. The Bible said that God commended his love toward us. That Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Didn't have any intimate relationship with him. Didn't know him. And he said, I'd rather die for you than live without you. He is El Shaddai the Almighty God. He is El Elyon, the Most High God. Amen. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is El Rohi, the God who sees. He is Jehovah. Amen. He exists all by himself. Amen. And he is my God. He's your God when we open up our heart and say, here I am, God. Save me. Rescue me. So this is what I want you to do is say, sing softly. If you're in this place today and you've never said yes to him, look, going to, I'm glad you're here, but you coming here isn't going to get you to heaven. It'll help you get there. But the only thing that's going to get you to heaven is for you to make a choice. Your choice. It can't be your mama's choice. It can't be your daddy's choice. It's got to be your choice to say yes to him. 
to say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me. Help me. Almighty God. I remember reading a story about a guy that was underneath a car and it fell off the jacks and it was crushing him. And his mama ran out, grabbed that car and lifted it up and they pulled him out. And after it was over, they started saying, how'd he get out from the car? How did it, and she didn't even remember picking it up. Where did that strength come from? El Shaddai, the almighty God. There's nothing on you that he can't lift off you. There's nothing you're facing he can't see you through. But you have to make the decision to say, here I am, God. Rescue me. Here I am, God. Save me. I wonder right now if we pray this prayer, if you'll just stretch your hands up. And if you've never, if you've never accepted him, if you've never said yes to him, I wonder, would you do it with me right now? Everyone else pray with us for affirmation. But just pray this prayer with me right now. Dear God, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I recognize and I believe that Jesus died for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And today, I accept him as Lord and Savior. I receive Jesus right now. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. I want you to turn, look at your neighbor, and I want you to say this with me. I'm going to find that secret place. I'm going to find it. That place where I can abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I, want, I don't look, folks, if going to church was about coming in here and sitting on a pew or a chair, I wouldn't have done it. If there wasn't a reality to God, I wouldn't be here because life is too short to waste it on frivolity. But the fact is, is that He is. And the scripture said he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So find your secret place. Find it this week and let God become almighty God for you. Come on, raise your hands to heaven one more time. Father, we bless you. We glorify you. We thank you for all that you're doing, God, and for all that you've done. Now let us walk into the reality of who you are and we'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus name come on give him a hand clap of praise prayer partners will come down if you're here and you've got a special need please come and see them they'll be glad to pray with you if you're a little embarrassed about or, or not comfortable playing, praying in public they've got a place that they'll take you and pray with you but we want you to know that God's able to meet your needs according to all of his riches. Amen. He's going to supply them. God bless you today. Remember, he's made you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. He's determined to bless you going in and coming out. 
if you'll just find that secret place with him, you're going to experience the power of his presence. God bless you today.